Hello, and welcome to the December Respiratory Care Podcast. The final editor's commentary of 2018 features a number of papers evaluating the use of cough assist in the care of pulmonary disease. But to begin, our editor's choice paper is an evaluation of an optoacoustic device to assess endotracheal tube position in children. Falsco and colleagues describe a small cohort of subjects requiring endotracheal intubation and confirmation by chest radiography. They also measured tube position relative to the carina using the optoacoustic device. Accuracy of this system was compared to the determination by the radiologist. They report that optoacoustic system was comparable in precision to chest radiography. Miller and others contribute an accompanying editorial that places this evidence in light of other methods that don't require technology, for instance, anthropometric measurements, which appear equally as accurate. Clearly, a larger study is required. DeCamillis and co-workers evaluated mechanical insufflation-exufflation use in invasively ventilated subjects versus standard physiotherapy. They compared secretion removal, measured by the weight of secretions removed, and lung mechanics. Complications in hemodynamic tolerance were also recorded. They concluded that the use of mechanical insufflation-exufflation resulted in a larger amount of secretions removed. No complications were reported in either group. Cough is the normal mechanism for secretion removal, and while the presence of an artificial airway complicates this mechanism, cough assist is the only secretion clearance technique that that is based in physiology. In the accompanying editorial, Terzi et al. opined that mechanical insufflation-exufflation should be utilized more frequently, particularly as the myriad of consequences associated with endotracheal suctioning are very well known. They importantly observe that while suctioning simply removes secretions pulled at the tip of the endotracheal tube, mechanical insufflation-exufflation can mobilize secretions in the periphery towards central airways. The importance of mechanical insufflation-exufflation and its use in both invasive and non-invasive ventilation is highlighted in this issue, as well as the need for further investigation. Jones et al. described their experience with non-invasive ventilation in a neonatal animal model with and without neurally adjusted ventilatory assist. In normal and surfactant deficient models, NIV with NAVA was associated with a reduction in pressure time product compared to to traditional synchronized non-invasive ventilation. Blood gases and other variables were unchanged. De Blosser reviews this study and raises questions regarding the importance of synchronized NIV in neonates. He also suggests that future trials should measure work of breathing using transpulmonary pressure. Pulmonary rehabilitation is a key component of COPD care. D'Souza and colleagues evaluate the utility of an illustrated home manual for subjects in a 12-week rehabilitation program. They report that the use of the manual facilitated the maintenance of pulmonary rehabilitation compared to a standard program. Goulson and Bullitt evaluated the presence of psychological symptoms in smokers compared to non-smokers in a cross-sectional study. They report that while depression and hostility were prominent across all groups, Mild smokers had greater somatic findings. At higher nicotine addiction levels, psychiatric symptoms including somatization, anxiety, depression, paranoid symptoms, and hostility all increased. Jose et al. report that subjects with bronchiectasis had reduced physical activity in daily life compared to case mask controls. They reported that dyspnea and home oxygen therapy were the major negative impacts on physical activity. Rose and colleagues described the use of cough assist for airway clearance and neuromuscular disease and spinal cord injury in both the United Kingdom and Canada. In a survey, they found that routine assessment of cough effectiveness was more frequently reported in UK than Canada. Cough peak flow was the most frequent method for assessing cough effectiveness. 
The authors also report issues related to funding for equipment and caregiver education as impediments to providing cough assist therapy. Kikuchi et al. described methods for cough peak flow measurement in neuromuscular disease during normal cough with mechanical insufflation exufflation and with manually assisted cough plus MIE. The highest cough peak flow is measured with manually assisted cough and mechanical insufflation exufflation. Additionally, cough peak flow measured by a peak flow meter tended to underestimate true peak flow. Kahn and coworkers described teaching cough augmentation techniques to parents and caregivers of children with neuromuscular disease. Their findings suggest that patient, parents and caregivers and healthcare providers are ineffective at increasing cough peak flow using manually assisted cough. This may represent a limitation of manually assisted cough as a therapy. Dupree and colleagues provided a method for calculating the fractional delivered oxygen concentration in a lung model using heat and moisture exchanger. Comparing flows of 2 to 6 liters a minute and minute volumes from 5 to 20 liters per minute, they found that inspiratory flow had the greatest effect on delivered oxygen. Their proposed formula ac accurately predicted the delivered FiO2. This month's reviews include a description of patient experiences while awaiting lung transplantation, a meta-analysis of the outcome of subjects with tuberculosis admitted to the ICU, and the impact of high-flow nasal oxygen in immunocompromised critically ill subjects. Additionally, Erner and others described supportive care of mechanically ventilated patients based on the 2017 Egan Lecture at the AARC Congress. Their review describes the main components of evidence-based supportive care of mechanically ventilated patients beyond the ventilator settings. To receive the content of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There, you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.